to Drummers Only Radio. Drummers Only is the UK's leading drum shop with store locations in Glasgow and Leeds. Our podcasts are full of interviews, gear reviews, and much more from the unique perspective of a drum shop. The show is hosted by two pasty Scottish dudes who talk real fast. Whoa. Slow down there, Braveheart. So here's Chris, the Glasgow shop manager, and Adam, the social media manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this. Hello! Hi, Christopher. How you doing, man? Yes, I'm very well. How are you? Good, thank you. Drummers Only Radio episode 33 is a special one for us. It is 33, isn't it? I thought it was 34. It's not 34. No, it's 33. 33. It's a very special episode. Why is it special, Christopher? It's special because... Maybe for the first time in the shop's history, we have recorded conversation with the boss. The big cheese. Yes, uh, our our, uh, Hegen, the one and only Mr. Paul Burke. As our uh, sonar rep calls him, the little big chef. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul sat down with us and talked about... Uh, would you open a drum shop in 2021? And everything that's come along with the opening of a drum shop, the evolution of a drum shop, yeah. the opening of a second drum shop, uh, trips. All the highlights, all the yeah. trials and tribulations. Of, of what it's taken to get to here, whatever yes. that looks like, you know. And where it's going. Yeah, yes. so... Um, Sit back. Yeah, please do uh, enjoy our conversation with uh our creator as a creator remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast if you yes. do feel so inclined and uh without further ado ladies and gentlemen and others mr paul burke evening evening all how are did you did you just not the mic there a wee bit <laughs> not even gonna pretend i'm not even gonna get a take now i'm gonna no, leave it just leave that in absolutely that's cool um drummers only radio episode 33 yes and we are here with the hegen Mm. I'm a little bit nervous, Chris. Took 32 episodes to get me involved. It did take mm. 30. It took 38 for you to be convinced. Ooh, nervous, Easy for you to see. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, Mr. Paul Burke, the owner, director, uh, Extraordinaire. Around, uh, of our business. Welcome. Hi, hello. How Welcome. are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. So we thought we would put Paul on the spot and ask him whether or not he would open a new drum shop in 2021. Uh, no, that's crazy talk. Yeah. So um, <laughs> elaboration is the uh, is the quick answer. I think you know. Obviously, given the year we've had, um, anyone who would think in the right mind to open uh, a new business that sold drums <laughs> is uh, <laughs> clearly not all there in yeah. the head. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, pre-pandemic status. Um, this is a tough industry. It's it's we're 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 working in what is a declining market, you know, a shrinking market. Um, You've obviously got the rise of uh, streaming services, which has changed music in the first place. Mm. Um, I I invite you to go go look at the top 50, top 100 singles in Spotify and find me an actual recorded drum kit. You know, you'd be lucky to find one if there is one. Mm -hmm. So things are changing. It was going to be difficult in any case uh, for any new drum niche business to start up. Um, they're not happening. When, I, when we first opened in 2006, you know, there was probably two or three a year in the UK um, emerging, but they're not now for one good reason. It's it's a very, very tough industry to actually turn a profit. Uh, and at the moment, I think it would be uh, mental, <laughs> and a Trump-level mental, <laughs> to um, 
to to actually open a, a shop. Do you um, think if you, okay, so you, there's like lots to unpack there? Um, mm. you, t- you mentioned the first thing you mentioned is, is looking at music generally, what's happening yeah. uh, with uh, the rise in uh, Spotify and streaming services and the lack of people drumming. Uh-huh. Do you think that's a fashion and that'll change? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think this is here for the long term. I think you know we, we maybe put up a fight about it in, in the early days. In the same way, in 1999, I said I ain't owning a mobile phone. Mm. Six months later. I had my a first brick, phone. Nokia, you know. <laughs> so now I'm the person who said, you know, I, I won't uh, listen to music on my phone. It's all I listen to on my phone. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, who's got a CD rack anymore? Mm. Who's got, obviously vinyl has, has had a bit of a renaissance, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good that people will actually sit down and listen to, to, to music. But how we consume music really factors into how viable uh, you know, retail and music industry is at the moment. It's not a purely uh, the pandemic's fault that we're, we are where we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's certainly made it a lot tougher. Mm. But, you know, I think, I mean, I mean, I'm, obviously it sounds quite um, depressing, but there are, uh, there are ways that you could earn a living by selling drums. Not, mm. Obviously, we're still here, we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're still functioning, yeah. which is good. There are other, um, similar businesses in the UK which have done well um, online obviously uh, some of the guitar stores mm-hmm. um, but purely for a niche drum store I think it's it's really tough you know there's there's a lot less drummers out there than there are guitarists yeah, for a start um, so you've really got to find your groove you know you've got to find what makes you different I mean our whole thing which I'm sure we'll touch on is about a brand you know that's mm. what we've really focused on the last four years since we evolved to becoming drummers only that's mm-hmm. yeah. been our, our main focus is about pushing the brand um it's not one person you know it, certainly that identity now spreads across two different countries which mm-hmm. is given it a new flavor as well so yeah, yeah it's it's not just about um you know opening up the shop and you know and putting some prices on yeah. drum kits anymore yeah yeah, yeah. so you kind of touched on it there but just how important is the brand um uh, I, I think at the moment it's huge. I mean, if anyone thought that they could, you know, if they had a bit of money to spare and they thought, well, I could open a, a drum shop, you know, I think if you went at it and looked at the market and said, right, okay, here's what's lacking. I mean, 14 years ago when we opened then mm-hmm. Rhythm Bass, you know, I looked at uh, actually a very saturated market in terms of where we're at today. I looked at certainly in Glasgow, there was four other places where you could buy a drum kit. And I was like, okay, I really think I can make a difference here and offer something a bit different to what's already there. So we we looked at you know trying to have a store where people could come and have a coffee and a sit. You know, we, yeah, we put the, right, yeah, you remember we put the couches and the table yeah. right at the front of the yeah, shop. Absolutely. And we also wanted teaching it to be uh, part of it as well. We had a, a drum teacher from day one. Yeah. So we looked at the com- competitors and they they weren't really offering that to any great degree so mm. we, we felt that's what made us different and it, it even extends to where we're at now it's like you know what we do um online with with adam and, mm-hmm. and the social media is is drastically different to, to other stores i don't know any other drum stores that um put as much hard work and time into that side of it you know yeah. and it's really it's noticeable you know despite um what <laughs> Despite what some people think about how we grow our social media, it's it's organic and you know it's mm-hmm. it's hard work that gets us to that point. But totally. we, the, the thing about, I mean, you wanted to 
we, we wanted to kind of call this podcast about how do we run a successful drum shop. We've never, you know, that for me, that's something I would never think about because I've never found us being a success. It's always a case of you're only as good as your last day's sales. And in retail, that's, uh, that that's the, you know, the, the cut of it. It's, it. it's it's brutal at times, you know. Yeah. You, yeah. C- you can have a great week and think, you know, fantastic, you know, on, on to, to, to next week or it could be the end of the month and you're like, you're, you're basking in that end of month payday yeah. where people have bought new drums and then you can have an absolute shocker yeah. uh, and you feel as you're back to square one and that's just retail for you. Yeah, it's, I mean, in some respects we are maybe luckier than other retail um, establishments where we have things that we can do that they can't. You know, mm. we can do things like pre-owned gear and we can make... Uh, the customer experience is slightly different, you know, because yeah. we're not selling T-shirts. You know, we're selling something that means a wee bit more to people. Yeah, and I, and and that's actually one of the it's a shame about this year with the pandemic is that you know I, I think back to early January that this year I really wanted to to focus on that customer experience. Mm. You know, I've just realised that we're getting filmed, so I can do that bunny ears <laughs> thing, customer experience. Um, and we haven't been able to do that because yeah, obviously yeah. for large parts of this year there's just been us in the store. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's been pretty alien this year that we've only had one clinic, you know. Yeah. Usually we would have at least, you know, five or six. Yeah, that was a super spreader, that clinic. That was, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> right before lockdown. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um so uh, <laughs> No, I, yeah, of course that again that's been a big part of, of what drum stores do well. And not just mean us. I mean, you know, historically drum Niche drum stores have done events in in a way that no other mm. MI store does. You know, guitar stores don't hire out the Mitchell Theatre. Yeah. <laughs> that concept to them is nuts, you yeah, know? Totally. Um, so, yeah, that's something that we would do, uh, drum shops would do in general, and we haven't been able to do it this year. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. It's very strange. Um, so, how do you evolve it then when you're hamstrung? You know, we've been sort of our hands tied behind our back. Hmm. We can't maybe do things the way. I think that's that. That's one of the good things about it is is we're not a big business. We're, you know, we're at a small level where we can change uh, direction pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, one of the first things you started to concentrate on in the in the lockdown um, months ago was these lessons, and we got yeah. everyone involved in that early on. We did the lockdown lessons. Yeah. You know, for once you were actually able to have some time to work on editing these videos, and yeah. you weren't getting called away to bring a delivery in you know, like, you ah, know yeah. stuff that wasn't actually your role no totally yeah so that was the good thing about it we you've got to think differently and okay what can we offer yeah. and from that side of it it was a digital difference you know we got yeah. time to work on the website mm. we got time to look at social media and, and work on and, and certainly um stick to what we did well yeah you know um, just all the positives kind of yeah you, you need to focus on of course that, you know? yeah but i mean within all that there's there's plenty of things that we're still trying to improve on you know mm-hmm. uh, I mean selling drums online is it's not easy they're, they're a, an absolute if I may use the term bollock to oh, ship yeah, yeah, you yeah. know they're, they're big they're cumbersome um, they're the reason why multi-music stores don't really get involved in drums that much mm. so we're always looking to ways that we can improve that experience mm-hmm. I mean if the customer experience is now a digital one how can we make that better yeah know? I mean just think about even when the shop opened that wasn't available that wasn't even a thing, you know. No, uh, yeah. you know, May two thousand six. Oh, was it not really? No, well, no, there's no Facebook. When we, yeah, when, I mean, when we first opened, we had a holding page. Aye, that was yeah. the website. That was yeah. it. It was just a case wow. of we're open these days. Phone us in this number, mm-hmm. and you would come in in the morning and turn the till on and 
turn the computer on, look at a couple of emails, and that was you wait for people to walk in the door. That sounds mental. It's now, literally stand behind yeah. the counter for the day. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it's very different environment now. Mm. You know, yeah, very totally. different landscape. So it's, which is fortunate for us because can you imagine being hit? By a pandemic, when you can't do all this digital content, it yeah. would have been a very, very bleak yeah summer, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's as I say, it's been it, it's part of the world we live in now. We, you know, we can't escape it. Mm. Um, but you know, we've got a obviously it brings a downside as well. There's you've never been more visible in terms of product price. You know what's in stock, what's not in mm. stock, and mm. you know, especially you look at reviews and you know how people can instantly just trash your business if you've had an issue with you. So that's another side of it, customer service. I think you know if you do go on our socials or go on our, our Google reviews, you know we do try make an effort to to step up in that side of it, yeah. and I think that's another thing. But you know, I think it's the least you should expect. Yeah, from that, a retailer yeah. these days, that. you know, let's not pat ourselves in the back here. It's just is the least thing we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, um, we're selling luxury products, really. <laughs> yeah. no, no one needs a new drum kit, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people are still buying them because it, you know they, they it can make them feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? You know, you need a you need shoes. Yeah, <laughs> do, you, Amen. do yeah. you need you know some new heads in your kit? You could probably get by with your old ones. You know, yeah. do you need? You know, a, a crashy ride somewhere. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> yeah, <know>. yeah. <laughs> without gigs, Aye. but people are still buying them. You know, Aye. so yeah. So you kind of touched on it there when you said, like, you know, when you first opened the shop, things like Facebook and things weren't available. Mm. MySpace. My oh, oh that's, that's right. Wow. Tom, Aye. mean Tom, Aye. everybody's pal. <laughs> totally. I mean, um, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, when we just sorry cut you off, but on the MySpace thing, we we um we set that. I mean, I set that up. I think was it you that set it up? God, I can't remember. I mean, you joined us about what, about a year after we'd opened. Oh, three know? months. Was it? I joined in the July. I bet you, so you you were just. I was working. Teaching? I was working on a Sunday. Mm. I was teaching on a Sunday um, for a while, and then I can't remember when I actually f- started fully working because yeah. I was working elsewhere. Um, so uh, maybe maybe six eight months in mm. before I actually joined full time. Okay, yeah. so maybe I set up the MySpace thing, but I, I remember at the time you know you like you had to, you're eight. Eight friends like yeah, right, the top list, top, like, oh, top no, nine, right, top, top nine, nine. yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom was always in there, wasn't he? So, um, yeah. um, but uh, I remember looking at our competition at that time. It was Drum Central in Glasgow, and they had oh, like two thousand followers on MySpace. We trying to get that right, yeah, um, yeah. up, you know. But Jesus, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, did you guys have a Bebo page as well? No, no. no I would just, that was that was for skanks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt so attacked. <laughs> Yeah, I probably had a personal <laughs> page, but <laughs> certainly not for a shop. Oh, no. no, I think I think you know once once Facebook became so prevalent in the kind of late that period, you know, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, that yeah. was when it mm-hmm. really started to. And it obviously at that point it was all organic. Mm-hmm. So anytime we put a picture up of a a sexy drum kit, it would get lots of interaction mm-hmm. before yeah. they moved the goalposts, mm-hmm. um, and it became difficult. Obviously, they're trying to get. They were trying to monetize it, which yeah. you can understand. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's came a long way. It's came a long from way. Where, where it was. Yeah. Um, where I was going with that was, you know, that's obviously a, a major difference that's happened over the course of the shop's existence. So, mm. I guess as a two-part question, what's the same as when the shop opened, and mm. what's massively different from when um, the shop first opened? I, I mean, the same is obviously we're still selling drums. It's not you know, drum drums have not mm. changed radically since. No. Yeah. 
2006, you know, they're, they're, you know, so even price points, I mean, what you pay for a, a kit nowadays, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're, we're still selling kits at £2,000, yeah. you know, back then, which was not really that much difference in quality. No. You know, mm. so I guess we probably sell a lot more at that price point ah, than we did yeah, then. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, maybe things like what people get for their money now mm. is, is wildly different. Um, I, I think certainly the entry level side of it seems yeah. to have moved on. I mean, that I remember vividly that first Christmas when we'd, we were selling loads of Premier Olympic kits. It was like the entry level kit. Then it was a CB of the Premier Olympic. We couldn't get the CB back then, so we did the Premier Olympic and we did. Probably more that Christmas than we do now uh, on entry level kits correct, because yeah. that was the market. Yeah. But that's gone. That's an Amazon market yeah. now. You know, that's. I mean, it wasn't even the debate of acoustic versus electronic in the same way. No, that time it was literally low end acoustic drums. Yeah, you know, it wasn't. You weren't get. You weren't putting DTX four hundreds out at three hundred, yeah. four hundred quid. You know. So yeah, I mean, the, I mean, obviously the product side of it. Although there's been advancements in in what we use live in mm. terms of sampling pads and stuff like that. And, triggers and all that stuff but the product essentially is pretty pretty similar which mm-hmm. what's different is obviously how it's how it's purchased and yeah you know with probably i think this year we're at almost 40 percent of our sales are online which mm-hmm. last year it was you know half of that mm-hmm. you know so yeah. and you would it would be hard to imagine that not continuing at that yeah. for next year you know so i think the biggest one of the biggest changes i've noticed is the way we get gear mm. our relationship with brands our relationship with sales reps is very different you know and they don't need you know i know we're pals with them all but they don't even really need to exist in some respects mm. you know we could do the, they're more brand ambassadors now yeah they're, they're, they're certainly there to mop up things and, and fix problems or mm-hmm. look at issues rather than actually turn up and open up an order pad like yeah. the, the old days uh, you know that uh, that's good in, in some respects because we just don't have the time to, no. to sit and, and spend an hour filling up an order pad you know you kind of miss those days a wee bit as well there was some really good reps back in the day you know guys who made their living just driving up and down the country and filling their order pad Mm -hmm. so that uh and and those relationships i mean that's probably the reason it's it's still the reason why we do so well with certain brands because the person and it's person it's not it's you know it's it's not the corporate face of it the person's selling us those brands we really like yeah i mean i just i'm instantly looking down at the sonar (laughs) And Big Edwin is a, a Dutch <laughs> Dutch sonar rap rep rap rap rap, rap. Uh, rap. Um, but uh, he is uh, you know it's like the typical big laid back Dutch dude you yeah. know he's um, and you know obviously we're big sonar fans you know yeah. you mm. you guys both play sonar I, I went to the factory and mm-hmm. um, and that's a real part of it as well but yeah I mean if if he was a douchebag we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't be doing that well with sonar no, correct you know so that still exists you know the brands that we do really well with there's there's people there's good people behind the scenes yeah, yeah. so that's still quite prevalent as well I would say mm-hmm. yeah just when you're kind of talking about that about going to the sonar factory you know obviously in the the nice tenure, segue. nice, nice segue. segue. Do you like yeah, that there? Yeah. Um, I've been paying attention in, in mm. social media school. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, like, what other kind of highlights have you had working? Kind of guess here and over because you worked in McCormick's, of course, as well. Uh, yeah, I did that for 12, 13 years. Then I went off to get a real job, and uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that was. I mean, McCormick's was like, I mean, it was a great place at the time. Like, I spent the nineties there. And it was like a revolving door of musicians. It was where you went to work when you were trying to make it. You know, mm. you were trying to make it in a band, so you mm. got a job and mm. selling gear. You know, mm. so again, made a lot of great friends from there. But uh, obviously, at some point, you start to think, well, "What else can I do?" Because I'm one of 
25, 30 staff here, yeah. you know, and uh, nothing's really happening. So I went to work in PR, which was amazing. And it gave me the kind of mindset and confidence to think I can do something on my own, mm -hmm. you know. So what was the question? Um, <laughs> <laughs> good point. Um, no, it was just like, you know what? Um, ah, highlights, right. Highlights, okay. Yes. So, yeah, um, I think the first time I went to the NAM show, I think that was 2008. Oh, wow. Um, it's about right, because I went the year after. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean that was pretty cool. That was that was like getting to see what we do as an industry. It was um, so exciting when you. When, I remember when you were going. Yeah, we were like buzzing for weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, know, it just, like, uh, just. Uh, I mean, the Americans have got a way of doing things. It's just, it, it was really glamorous. I, th I felt at the time, you know, obviously the fact that it's right next to Disneyland is, <laughs> helps, you know, um, and it's warm in January, uh, and it just it was that was a great experience. And I've done that three or four times. You went one year as well, um, so yeah, I loved that. And then obviously trips, getting to go to all these factories is really good. But again, it's about meeting the people that you're there with. When I went to the uh, the Yamaha factory tour in China and Japan, that's where I met Jake. That's wild, um, I still can't get over that. Having said that, um, I remember at the airport waiting to fly out um, in London, Jake and I were talking at the bar and, uh, and I says, actually I did meet you before, I met you at the Peril, we did a, there was a Peril trip the year before on a, a cruise ship um, on the Rhine in the Rhine yeah so and it was to launch some new Pearl gear so I, I says I met you there he's like no 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 no. I came to your store oh. I was a sales rep for Percussion Plus I came to your store and you basically told <laughs> me to beat it you know <laughs> I was like hmm I do not remember that you know uh, he's like yeah 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 I, I came in without an appointment I was like ah that's your mistake yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cole called me don't cold call just yourself cold, cold, cold. so um, no I mean getting to meet the people and that, that that was a special week you know getting to to see uh you know it was like a different world over there you know obviously yeah. getting to go to china and, and japan and seeing the yamaha facilities meeting um jake graham russell and brett from drum depot at the mm -hmm. same time so that's probably the, the the best thing about these trips is is the people you get to meet yeah you know, absolutely i mean time. i think it's certainly the trips i've gone on it's put into perspective that i can barely remember the gear yeah, and I remember the time. I remember. Mm. I remember meeting Jake on a trip. I met Jake first on a trip when he didn't work for us, and and the laugh we had, and yeah. where it went from there, you know. Mm. But I don't really remember what snare drums came out. Nah. that yeah, trip, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, Nam's maybe slightly different. There's things I remember about Nam because I went on my own. Yeah, um, much like you did, you know. It was the year that the Demon Drive came out, so that was huge. Yeah, because you know, that was kind of industry changing the way pedals happened you know but mm. yeah you're right the relationships with people and these are relationships you still carry yeah, yeah we all do we've mm -hmm. you know we've met um same with customers you know there's this folk who still shop here from mm -hmm. since day one and mm -hmm. you know you, you um you know you, you start to build friendships with, with, with people, people at my wedding. you know i of course yeah. you know mm -hmm. i was at your wedding mm -hmm. um <laughs> so uh, yeah, and and then sometime a product will, will land, or something will come in, or something pre-owned, a brand new that's never been out before, and it will come in, and we'll instantly know exactly who Hi. that would would be great for. You know, you, yeah. you you know your customers inside out. Yeah, and and the guys in Leeds are starting to to see that now. They've been opened a year and a half now, so they're yeah. starting to get those relationships locally. And you, you can't get that from a, a digital experience. You know, yeah. you can't get that from just going on. I just use the term Amazon. You know, they obviously massive company, and they do you know trillions of business obviously but you, you can't get that um you know 
down to earth customer experience that we, yeah. we, we build relationships with yeah, from that you know, well, so that, that, that was one of the things when I first came aboard that you really kind of wanted me to kind of mm-hmm. focus on is making that kind of experience not just in store but just every kind of aspect of us mm-hmm. you know is present you know yeah. like whenever our socials goes out it feels like it's natural because it came from us you know yeah like why we don't outsource these things so yeah. unboxing videos that we do where people we talk to people on the internet mm. yeah live we do it we've been doing it every week yeah live videos the way right we change that you know yeah, ah, yeah. yeah it's, 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 a, it's trying to evolve you know I mean we're not you know we're not creating anything new here it's just it's, it's obviously we get a lot of um you know we get a lot of great feedback about what we do um on socials but we're also looking out with our industry and saying oh these guys are doing this great you know like yeah. can we try a bit of that as well you know so there's it, it, a tendency to think oh we're doing great here you know and that's when you know you're going to start sucking the next day so we just yeah. we're always looking to, to to see how we can evolve and do things better but you know i think at the moment just just being open is <laughs> is good enough you know it's yeah. um who knows what but you know if someone's watching this podcast in six months time and everything's back to normal then great you know but um, certainly I don't think things are going to be the same mm. in many respects I mean we're talking about NAM there but next year's the Winter NAM show is going to be digital you know will that show continue now in, in that format yeah. you know thousands I mean, of people getting together under yeah, the convention I mean, centre yeah. the drum side of it certainly has been dying for years because the internet yeah, you know so the yeah. guitar side of it's always been massive, but drums seems to get yeah. scaled back each year. A lot of the know. things that are released at Nam like, are in stock in the UK before Nam even happens. Yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah, so that side of it will probably change, you know. But uh, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, uh, yeah, we talked about streaming as well. But what we've found, um, which I wasn't expecting, was during this lockdown period, because obviously our, our main concern in, in April was that a lot of our best customers were gigging musicians. You know, they were out playing clubs and weddings and bars every week. We have, you know, if they had no income, how were we going to sell anything? So I was surprised and a bit delighted <laughs> to see that um, we had so many hobbyists. Yeah. You know, so many people who played the instrument for the sake of just playing the instrument. You know, in the same way you would pick up, pick up a guitar yeah. and just play. You know, we'd... Yeah. we'd it never occurred to me that folk, as many folk, would have that um, for drums sitting yeah. in their house. And then you think, Jesus, what an idiot. Of course they do. You uh, know, why yeah. did we not think about that so much in the first place? Because we've never had to. Yeah. In the same course, way, yeah. you know, we've never been forced to. Yeah, really. because we've always had the people coming into the store they, who were, oh, I'm, I'm playing tonight, I need this, ah, I need that. You know, like Once that tap that. was turned off, it was yeah. like, okay, what do we do? Yeah. But people were still buying. So... That's been good, and I, I think that's that's always going to be there, whether mm. gigs are there or not, whether bands are are playing live, whether you know drums are being recorded in a studio or mm. are being programmed. You know, it's mm. that's still going to be there. Yeah, yeah, it's been a fascinating time. What um, kind of lessons have you learned over the course? You know, because it's been a long time we've been doing this now. So. Uh, do, do you know what? I don't. I, I actually don't regret anything. We've had a lot of staff come and go over the years, and. Um, I think you can just look at everything that's happened as okay. You take that on board, and mm. you know you can use it as a lesson. We've we've done um, a lot of cool stuff. You know, we've moved location in Glasgow. We've opened in Leeds, obviously. Um, that was almost a year ago. Can you believe it? Yeah, I know. Right. So um, moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't look back and think, oh, I wish we'd done that. Definitely, I wish we'd done that. I think where we are right now is really really good. You know, we've got a good, really good, good team working here. We've all got our own, uh, 
I'm going to do bunny ears again. We've, we've all got our own skill sets, you know, we've all got our own unique way of looking at things and that kind of all marries together. None of us are the same, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what's good. And, and certainly having the Leeds guys on board now is a different dynamic to it, you know, and that's what I like. I like that. I mean, I got um, quite excited about bringing you on board, Adam, you know, because that was a, that was a side of that we'd never really looked at seriously. Yeah. I mean, back before you came on board, people would say, oh, your social media is great. And I would be like, that's me dicking about. That's not, <laughs> there's nothing special about that. You know, and that's just me. I mean, I did 99% of it and you, uh, you jumped in now and again. So when I saw yours, I was like, mm-hmm. holy shit, this guy's the real deal. And you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just promoting <laughs> myself. You know, I'm like, ah, really? It was only like down the line that I found out you had a real job. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, you yeah. actually Smoke mirrors, <laughs> kept that quiet. That's what I love it. You know, mirrors. so no, that's been that, that, that side of it. And I feel a wee bit, obviously because of the way things have been, where I haven't seen as many people in the door. That's, uh, been a bit of a drawback because I love seeing someone come in and I think Jesus you've a great fit in here mm. you know mm-hmm. um, and sometimes it, you know it's worked out differently you know but uh, that side of it is, is, is been a bit of a drawback not mm. having people in, and not having that kind of oh, you know they would bring something really different to the to the store well do you know mm. it's funny you say that because from a customer coming into it it mm. doesn't feel any different like there's no been like it's not been like you guys have put on a front because I was a customer and then all of a sudden it's just like, zoom, like, yeah. oh, all right, okay, this is how we actually are. You know, yeah, it's, I know, it's yeah. the same dynamic mm. the whole time, which is really great, you know, it's just, you just don't try and be something that you aren't, you know? Yeah, fuck, I mean, it's so easy to spot fake, isn't it? You know, exactly. especially even on Facebook and all that stuff, you know, we're all used to seeing it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, certain retailers will, are obviously just employing a team to mm-hmm. do that, you know, and you still feel as though it's remote from the actual staff that work on the sales floor. Mm-hmm. So I think you're getting an authentic mm-hmm. insight into what we do yeah. through our socials. You I know. think customers would call us out as well. Mm. Yeah. I think the majority of people that shop here would know, like you say, with spot fake. They just they would either vote with their feet and just not come here, or mm. you would actually get chinned on the floor. You know. Yeah. Like, f- yeah. But I mean, we don't. Obviously, we don't get. We're not for everyone. No. You know that the, there will be customers that will probably, you know, don't want to shop here for whatever reason. We're, we're not. We, you can't please everyone. You know that's the mm-hmm. thing. I've probably learned that over the years. I think, you know, we, we we used to bend over backwards for certain customers just to keep them happy, and then you realise actually, nothing's going to keep this this person mm-hmm. happy. They're just unhappy. <laughs> you know, it's it's best to just let them deal with another store, mm-hmm. and and that's okay. You know what I mean? There's you've got to stand up for what you're good at, what you believe in. Uh, I think we're at a point now where we're all we're all kind of singing from the same hymn sheet in that respect. Yeah. You know, we're all quite um, similar minded in how we deal and how we approach customers. Uh, you know, we're there to serve first and foremost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think so. I think I mean it's. I think you've hit it in the head with the team this year. It's, I think it's finally clicked into where it should mm-hmm. be. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, like you say, because everyone has a different skill set. There aren't two people the same. You know, mm-hmm. which means that everybody's experience coming in the door or online or on the phone will be positive, yeah. you know, rather than, you know, not positive. Yeah. You know? So, kind of just off the cuff, this question, just because we've got a... So you're looking over there for? You get questions? Yeah. <laughs> Me? <laughs> <laughs> I just look about. You look, you look there, I'm going. Mm. <laughs> Tick. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. um, I was just looking behind you because we've got loads of obviously amazing drums in right mm. now. So, again, from... This is a kind of a, a question to you as well, Chris. You know, you guys have seen loads of incredible drums over the years. Have you got like favourites 
that you've seen come in and out of the shop? Oh, good question. Um, straight away, I'm thinking back to the 40th anniversary DW kit that we got on. You remember that? The, what, was, the, the River Oak one? No, no. that was no. This that was after that. Was no, this was the one. It was a kind of a what was the finish. It was an exotic finish, but it had a kind of a burst over it as well, kind of black to natural burst. Yes, and we were, we were too scared to take it out of the boxes, do you remember it? So we sat in, we took a drum out, <laughs> we sat in the boxes, and we're like, I was just paranoid about getting it marked. Uh, and we hadn't been long dealing with DW. Yeah. So that I remember straight away. But that's a brand that uh, I remember we couldn't, we couldn't stock it for the first three, four years of being open. Oh, really? Yeah, because back then it was like, there was a hierarchy of how it worked in the UK in terms of dealership, you know, if you if you were the new guys like we were, you had to wait your turn, you know, someone to drop out. So we got that turn and it would, you know, it was, it was just fantastic. It was a brand that I'd always, I'd been to the factory, I'd just always wanted to Did stock you it. Did you own a DW kit as well? Yeah. Own, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a Maple Mahogany and Black Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, Black yeah. Harbour, lovely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I remember that kit and thinking at the time that was something special. Mm. Yeah. I've always been a symbols guy, so when the f we first started doing things like Constantinople's, were like, mm. this is the real deal in terms of symbol making. You know, I've always loved all that kind of stuff. Um, and anything like anniversary, super special that comes out. I bought a Yamaha. I remember the day I bought a Yamaha. 36 and a half 40th anniversary brass snare that I still you, have. I used that in a recording last year. Loved and, it. Uh, I like I can remember things like our sales rep opening the catalogue to see mm -hmm. it. It was back before anything was digital. He would bring a catalogue round. Let's let's temper this with there's been some awful dog shit over the years. Uh, I, I can <laughs> I remember the year that Sabian thought in their wisdom to put symbols in the fucking ground. Uh, you know? <laughs> what, that's right, man. what was that all about? Uh, I'm sorry right. for swearing, oh, but that's what, what was um, that called again? Uh, I don't know. And I remember um, the video they put out of them they, picking them up and hitting yeah, them and not, just looking. You might not be aware of this, but they buried symbols in the ground, ride symbols for nine months. A hundred artisans over a, over a Canadian winter. Because mm -hmm. apparently <laughs> the old myth was that old jazz drummers used to bury their symbols at the back. The story after that, we all, do you remember? We were uh, a few years ago, we were working with rock radio when they were aye, um, right. in time. Um, so, yeah, we did a lot of radio advertising when we first started to get ourselves known. Mm -hmm. um, so, we had one of those symbols, Sabian. One of 100. Ah, one of 100, yeah. Sabian had gave us one. Aye. And it came in a, a, a wooden crate, like something that I Indiana Jones, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you open it up, you turn into ghosts. It was, <laughs> came in, yeah, it had the. Uh, uh, aye. Anyway. Still mock it. You know? Still disgusting, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I ah, wasn't it caked in mud, you know, ah, it yeah, just looked a bit dirty, you know, yeah. so a bit grubby, as if somebody traded in a 40 year old ride symbol, you know. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, we got one off, off Sabian and we were going to um, put it up somewhere oh, and display right, it, right. and then um, our rock radio rep at the time, Angela, is like, well, we, you know, it'd be cool, we'd get that signed. How about we buy it off you? Or, you know, I was like, no, we'll give you it. So, we'll put it up in the rock radio studios mm -hmm. and we'll get every band that comes through does a gig or comes in the studio we'll get them to sign it uh, so the first time we took it out there was a gig in the garage i'm really trying to remember the Duff band McKagan's band was it i'm sure I, I, I distinctly remember duff mckagan's band being a thing was it, it wasn't the Bridge, wasn't it was it was oh, there was there was a band an american band coming through the garage and you know we wanted to get the drummer to put a little signature in it mm -hmm. so we took it to the gig um, about five pints later <laughs> I, I'm in a dressing room with this band that I can't remember and uh, Angela's like oh get the ride some get a drummer sign up I was like oh yeah I've got it here take it out of the bag gave it to her 
she's like, I'll go and get the drummer to sign it. And about 10 minutes passed, and i kind of forgotten about it. Oh. And she brings it back, and the whole band had signed it. There wasn't a space oh. left on the symbol. Oh. I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, you can keep that. Just frame that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's been the odd thing come out, and you're like, oh, geez, really? You know? Um, yeah, yeah. It's been some. But in the main, it's been, it's all been priced awesome and sellable stuff yeah, you know, yeah I think it's a, a different scenario now where most companies you know there's a bit of R&D goes on for a couple of years before the product gets actually launched I mean you'll think of the EAD 10 yeah. yeah I mean we've heard the stories about how much testament on and right. how big the racks were to accommodate <laughs> yeah. all these things that went in a small box Two and a half years of- so I think there's less products coming out which are a bit of a, a punt you know like yeah. give this a test to market you know yeah. mm-hmm. um it's, it seems to be a lot more thought out these days. Yeah, and I think what uh, sort of customers might not know is that sometimes, unfortunately, where we are placed in the market, on the global market, doesn't really matter. You know, products aren't necessarily for the UK. Mm. You know, they, they might be for America more than anywhere else, you know, and that's why weird and wonderful stuff comes out, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ludwig did great stuff with, like, all the copper phonic drums they brought out and that stuff started. I thought they were great, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, it's just it was interesting for me when I first started here because I'd never even I'd heard of Sonar but I'd never really kind of knew about all the ins and outs you could get into, especially with SQ2. You know, so like seeing mm. SQ2 drums for the first time, like just oh, I remember when we first when we first started getting SQ2s, customer kits would come in in like eight, ten, twelve, thirty, forty, sixty, twenty-two. Mm. We um we were lucky to have a visit um back in the day when we we're still rhythm bass from Carl Heinz Menzel. Carl Heinz is, was the uh, MD oh, of Sonar yeah. at the time, yeah. So uh, we got a bit of a tip-off that he was going to be in Glasgow. I don't know why he was in Glasgow, but he, I think he came over to visit some UK dealers. He was going to come and see us, which was great. You know, at the time, we hadn't been doing Sonar that mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. And um came to the store, it was okay. And he was like, he was wanting to do something that night in Glasgow, <laughs> so... <laughs> you know what's coming um, so we were like oh cool you know it was like um, and then everyone quickly went I've got a gig you know and, oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah. So, yeah but definitely if he was offering you tickets to go and see a band yeah yeah okay, I've got a gig I'm like oh okay so it's me and you know you know he's, he's, he's a lovely guy I've met him a few times really nice guy but um I didn't fancy phoning my wife and just say like I can't come out and I, I can't come home tonight because I'm going out with some random German guy. Um, so um, <laughs> that doesn't sound suspect at all. So uh, I, I just I, I made my excuses and said you know look if you know there's plenty of gigs on tonight if you want to go see a band mm-hmm. and I can't remember who at the time said that uh, there was an ACDC tribute band right. playing right. in the ferry that night. It might have been Gordon. I'm going to blame Gordon. <laughs> right? And um, and I was like yeah okay so we gave him the, the address of the ferry. So that he can go and see, and he's like, he's he was big pals with um, Phil Rudd. Phil Rudd, yeah. you know, he's like, oh yeah, I'll 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 call Phil when I'm there, and I'm like, I'm like oh, amazing, wow. right? So off he went, and uh, I remember waking up the next morning and looking at my phone, and there's missed calls, <laughs> <laughs> and there's a voicemail, and I'm not going to do his accent, right? Because that would just get us into trouble. Um, but basically, he he was like. Paul, I'm, I'm in the, the ferry and uh, there is no ACDC <laughs> tribute band tonight. There is uh, the Jam, <laughs> the Jam tribute band, you know. <laughs> Turns out Gordon got the dates wrong. No, it wasn't even an ACDC tribute band. Do you remember the box they sent through? Sona sent us a box of parts. 
when they when they first wanted just to come back, like do I think they were going direct and they, they sent. I think yeah, they were just they were, they were trying to get the, the point across that you know they made a lot of their own parts uh, and they don't they didn't farm it out to yeah. to Taiwan or whatever. Yeah. They're all German made drum parts, which is I mean I haven't been to the factory. You know, it's that was fascinating. Um, you know, the, I've been to DW factory, I've been to Sonar, I've been to Yamaha. They've all been really different. What I liked about did the sonar? Have you been to sonar? No, not yet. It, it was just it. so laid back, you know. There was like they're in the middle of the Black Forest. Mm-hmm. The, the you know the factories in a village, you know. So I think at least probably about half of the staff live in this village. You know, some of them have been there for thirty, forty years. Yeah. It was a really nice, slow paced mm-hmm. factory as opposed to the DW factory, which was all out. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. It was. I mean, very. Yeah. Uh, it was a total different vibe. Brilliant in its own uh-huh. way. Sona was really laid back. Yamaha, um, their facility in China, where they, they make all the top end, the recording custom, and the absolute series. That was uh, totally different. There was no drumsticks, no playing drums there. You know, mm. they, they were all about quality. I mean, everything had to be, uh, you know, hundred percent, or or it was just rejected. You know, mm. so they were not that the other factories weren't, but I'm just saying they were so focused on quality. And production side of it, it kind of felt a wee bit soulless in that respect. Mm-hmm. But what would you rather have? You know, that uh, you know, a drum kit that came out of factory and guys were playing it all day and having yeah. a laugh, or obviously yeah. something that was absolutely perfect. So, yeah, I mean, great to see these th- memories and, and things you learn at these factories really enhance the brands that we sell. I mean, our Yamaha business has been going up every year since. You know, mm-hmm. so and it's even th- things that you learn like. The product information that you brought back from some mm. of these places was stuff you oh, would yeah. find. Oh, yeah. I know? mean, uh, yeah. When a customer comes in and shows any interest in any of that brand, I'm like, okay, wait till you. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you all about it. You know, no, no, yeah. <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you a coffee. You know, you wait till you hear this. Aye. Bore the shit out of them about, about UV finishing on it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's part of the game, isn't it? It's amazing. Like, yeah. I love all that shit. Yeah. You know, and you just yeah. won't find that reading the catalogue. And yeah. that's the that's when people know you know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. I, I, that for me, when when I, when I some... I mean, obviously, I, I'm not on the on the floor anywhere near as much as I used to be. Mm. And, that, you know, that's your thing. And, and that, for me, has been great to release all that. Um, but, you know, that's what I loved when people come in and they didn't really know what they were looking for. They knew kind of, you know... We didn't even talk budget. We just talked about you know what 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 do you see yourself playing? What do you what do you, what, do you, what can you imagine? You know, think about it and and steering them down that road of getting them something totally unique that they hadn't even thought about. Mm-hmm. And that was for me something I really enjoyed mm-hmm. um, as far as matching a customer to a product. You mm-hmm. know, serving. Yeah, of course. I right? no. I mean, you'd, and it, it, it wasn't even a case of you were trying to sell them something more expensive. It was just trying to educate and then you know see see them get that product that they hadn't even thought of because they just didn't know you know why they 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 should look at it why they needed it yeah. why they, sh- they hadn't thought of that brand before yeah, I mean, we've had customers and had every single 10 inch tom of high mm. end out on the floor to let them try it and mm. they end up picking something that they just they hadn't like you say hadn't seen before yeah. you know? mm. well, i've never thought about that you know yeah mm-hmm. great yeah i felt the same i know i'm talking about myself a lot here but I felt the same when I played Sonar. You know, mm. I would never have envisioned myself buying a Sonar kit until mm. I actually heard it and then played it myself. Yeah, when you first started here, you were all about your. Uh, <laughs> I was all about like <laughs> your break beats like, and yeah, what was the other thing. I yeah? just like yeah, sixteen inch bass drum or, uh, or nothing or uh, bust. You know. Yeah. Um. So it's I, I get what you're saying as well about you know when you went to um 
the Sonar Factory and how it's all, you know, like mm. it's very laid back because I felt the exact same thing with the Mino Factory. Yeah. So it's definitely mm. got the, the, a German way of life. Well, do you know, know what? <sighs> they, they do a lot of things right, the Germans, yeah. you know, and that's, you know, making great product is, is, is one of them. Yeah. Um, but Mino's, you know, there's a lot of kind of correlation between Mino and, and, and certainly social media. I mean, they're, they're, mm-hmm. their socials, that's where they've really became so strong in the last few years. Their output on that on those channels is phenomenal and it's something mm-hmm. that we are kind of striving to, to, to emulate in a way and yeah. is you know, is to make good, consistent content. And that's what it is. It's just it's it's all content at the end of the day. Yeah. And brand awareness. And um I think that's probably the thing that will help position us you know, as opposed to other mm-hmm. stores, you know. Mm-hmm. Other stores who do great business and you know, it's not about being the biggest of the best or anything like that. Mm. It's it's about finding what we do well and sticking to it. Mm. You know, and that will get us through. Yeah. On that note. I just had one more question. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so you've obviously you've got a, a peril snare drum, is that right? That's got your name. Yeah. Okay. What's the story uh-huh. behind that? So, um, nineteen ninety six. Uh, were you born in ninety six? What's the uh, deal? Ninety three. Oh wow. So okay. So old. back when you were three, uh, <laughs> peril brought out a fiftieth anniversary. Um, one piece maple snare. Do you remember it? Mm, uh, yeah, it was it, it was a, a black lacquer shell, fourteen by five and a half. Um, it had gold plated tube lugs. It had single flange hoops, mm-hmm. um, claw hoops. No. Yeah, um, lovely. Uh, but that they had run a promotion that year as their fiftieth anniversary. They were going to take a bunch of dealers in the UK over to see the factory and then spend some time in Hong Kong. You know, money was a wash back then. It wasn't. <laughs> nobody was worried about marketing budgets and all that yeah. then. Mm-hmm. So um, I worked in McCormack's at the time, and to get this prize, it wasn't based upon um, who did the most peril. It was based upon who showed the most percentage increase that year in peril. So working in McCormack's, we had peril with Premier, with Yamaha, Tama, we had all the brands in stock, you know. Of course, I just had peril blinkers on from that point on. Someone came in, I'm looking for a boom stand. Ah, yeah, okay, there's a peril one. You know, I'm looking for some sticks. Peril are good sticks, you know. <laughs> so I need a kit for my son to export. It was just, yeah, I was just laser focused on getting to the Far East mm-hmm. because I, the year before that, I'd been to the Saving Factory. The year before that, I'd been to the Zildjian Factory. Uh, I was the factory guy, you know. <laughs> you, know I was, you know, I was responsible for the majority of the sales in that drum department. Then I was, I, I actually loved working there you know yeah. I loved uh, you got a bit of autonomy in that the drum department being in the basement because mm. you were out the way you know you'd, you'd, nobody was really thinking about focusing on what we were doing but we you know me and Andy the guy who worked with me at the time we were just we just loved drums we loved selling mm. and we met a lot of great folk back then I diverse so anyway um, I was laser focused selling peril so come, come the end of the year or whenever the time came up to look at the percentage figures we were like 230% up on peril that year we were in I think, it was, <laughs> I think we were in about 8 of the 10 dealers amazing can't wait and then one of the McCormacks, one of the family members who owned the, the store, um, informed me that had that I had actually been on two trips the two years previous to that, you know. And trips were a relatively new thing back then. It wasn't it didn't happen that often. Um so it should go to somebody else. Somebody else should experience this. And I was absolutely gutted. So Grant, um, who worked here, who sold keyboards, who's an absolutely lovely guy, and I'm glad that he went. Because he was, I don't know if you've ever met Grant. Anyway, so. it's a gem. He went to the factory and he had a great time and he loved Hong Kong and all that stuff. And I sat in Glasgow. 
but the one good thing about it is, and he didn't tell me this, it was a nice surprise when it turned up, a box turned up a few weeks later, and um, my name was on it, and Grant says, oh, that's for you. And I opened it up, and it was one of the, fifth, the 50th anniversary snares, um, and inside there was a little badge and stuff, and it had my name on it, you know. So, oh, wow. So that was, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I've still got it. It's the only piece of gear I've ever kept. You know, mm-hmm. working in drums since the age of 16, I've been really blasé about gear, you know. Mm-hmm. Got this one minute, get rid of it, get something different, you mm-hmm. know. So I was never precious about gear. And the same way guys come in and go, I've had the same kit since I was 12, or, you know, I'll never part with this. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, whatever, just get rid of it and try mm-hmm. something different. Never had that. But this snare, obviously it's got my name inside it, so it's yeah. never going to go. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah. And I still use it. I've, still, I've used it in loads of recordings and gigs and stuff. Because yeah. like. I've said, like, Whenever you would do the occasional gig photo, you know, mm. it would always be like, I just... Like, it's my only decent piece of gear, that's yeah. why. <laughs> it's the only thing I actually own. <laughs> it's, just, it's quite interesting because you see, like, usually, like, you'll see, like, just insert a drum kit here, but mm. you'll always see that snare there. Yeah. Well, that's what's been great about that, though, actually, is it's educated us in here because you've taken stuff out... I'm all about the education. Absolutely. Yep. You've taken stuff out that we would have been maybe not too fast about, you mm. know, like, we just grab a pasty ride and, yeah. you know, play that for them. By the way, this is great, you know, yeah. this is, there's a customer for this. Yeah. You know? I think, actually, one of the things about gear is that you, some of the low-end stuff, I mean, I gigged a, a Peril Decade for uh, a couple of years then, mm. um, and I just took it out with, with Emperors on it, I think it was at G2's, can't remember, it sounded amazing, right. you know, I just, I think there's a, there's obviously a snobbery about low-end gear, but, some of that stuff can sound amazing with, with good heads on it, yeah. but then then there's also a snobbery about people using high end gear for relatively low paying gigs. <laughs> if they want to do that, that's a, that's amazing. Good, yeah. go for it. You yeah. know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's, there's no no kit is too good to take out in a, a gig. No yeah. kit's too well. Maybe there are kits too bad <laughs> to take out. <laughs> I'm not sure you would play the hydro with a tornado. You know what I mean? Uh, but um, challenge accepted. <laughs> uh, anywho. Um, that never worried me and there's some good gear at that price point which sounds amazing mm-hmm. cool I don't know why I went all American I have no there. idea what your last question was but that's that was yeah that, that well, was it. I've really enjoyed this guys it's been fantastic oh, it's been great it's only aye. taken you 32 attempts to get involved <laughs> but, yeah. you know what they say 33 <laughs> the, the best the, <laughs> yeah. can, I, I, I said you felt like you were going to say something <laughs> <laughs> probably been an in joke that no one out there would have got yeah. right where can you find us take so, us home uh, you can find us obviously in physical locations Glasgow and Leeds drummers mm-hmm. only we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Drummers Only UK. Uh, maybe you want to ask Paul a question, expand upon yeah, it. That's the only thing you haven't asked me, which I, I thought would be first and foremost in this. All right. Um, carry on would be uh, why did we change the name? Well, I mean, have you covered that already? No, but I think I I made the assumption that people knew. Right. But if they don't, well, that's the thing about it. Is, this is, I mean, we're still finding people, customers who have yeah. never heard of us before. That's right. Okay, um, so. Why did you change the name? Right, obviously we opened this rhythm bass uh, yeah. back in... in oh, six. Uh, oh, six. Oh, six. OG. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, at the time, there was another store in Glasgow, a really successful store. Uh, so we didn't want to have drum in the title. You know, so mm. I thought if we call it rhythm bass, um, it opened it up to doing other instruments through time. I thought, you know, you never know, we could do guitars or even bass guitars, whatever. You know. we, we had strings for a while. Yeah, so, you know, I didn't want to close it off to just being drums. You know, obviously it progressed to the point where you you think, well, you know, I can barely do drums well. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean anything else. Um, so, yeah, uh, we stopped with uh, drums, obviously. 
And then it became quite obvious that there was a few issues with the word rhythm. <laughs> Namely, there's no vowels uh, in rhythm, you know, um, which is an issue when it comes to spelling it. Yes, for the majority of the Western population, yeah. apparently. Yeah, even in the industry, we worked in, people uh, spelled it wrong. Um, no one searches for rhythm. You know, I'll get me some rhythm today on Google, <laughs> you know, so... Find me rhythm, yeah. internet! We realised that as well. Put a hash brown on it. Um, <laughs> yeah, send it to the internet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that that was an issue. Uh, and then, I think through time, I just started to realise that it, it just wasn't who we were. Uh, you know, I think after about six or seven years, um, you know, we just thought we need a bit of a fresh... Mm. Uh, change here, you know, n- none of us were that happy. I looked at different logos and stuff, and that just nothing about it was really. It, f- it felt very of its time. Yeah, it did. You know, it was it was of its time. And then, you know, once we'd done the, the tuition um, side of it, we opened up a separate unit just for teaching, and that we called that drummers only. Mm-hmm. You know, without thinking that it was going to be the shop name. And then we saw the sign go up for that. It was next to the, the store back in Commerce Street. And was like, actually, that looks great. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that was the, the wheels in motion, thinking, why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think at the time, you know, the, the fight back on that was, oh, you know, people know your name. And that was the industry chat. Why would you change your name? You've been going for years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, every day we hear our customers telling us they, they just found out about us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for them... Doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? Some either. people couldn't even get the name Rhythm and Bass. We got oh, that I mean, years, people were in f- come in the store and they were on the phone going, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm in Rhythm and Bass." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's no fucking and <laughs> in the title. It's Rhythm Bass, and that is B A S E, not Bass Guitar. Yeah, we got that a lot as well. We did that. It was brutal. Rhythm and Bass. Boom, 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 boom. So yeah, couldn't wait to get I mean I really felt energised about the prospect of changing it it was a real focus that year and I'll I, I say one thing about Gordon you know Gordon's been my partner in crime since 2009 and, and um, you know, I think a lot of times I think oh I need to tell Gordon about this hopefully he's alright about it and he was like yeah let's do it you know mm-hmm. he was, and that's mm-hmm. the brilliant thing about him he just and I think a, lo- a lot of us in here we've got an idea that we're really passionate about it's that we just get into it when we talked about doing leads for the first time. No, no one's saying that's mental. Don't oh, do that. that. I mean, like, you know, great. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's so, do it. Yeah. yeah. I remember the day you told me that you were mm. in Leeds and I got really concerned because it was in the old shop mm. and it was just me and you and you came in the office and you shut the <laughs> Take door. Take off. Put them in the mine. <laughs> <laughs> you want to spell um, rhythm with so me? It went exactly like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I remember it like usually when you closed the door in the old shop, <laughs> I knew something was going to go down, and I didn't know what. And yeah. I was just in the door at that point, yeah. so I thought, "Oh, that's me. Yeah. I'm going out the door now." And you're yeah. just like, "Right." You sat me. You sat down like mm. much the same as what you're doing right now. You sat down. And you went right. I've got something to tell you. Mm. You should probably. Um, been suspecting this for a while and I was like <laughs> that's how you spread I remember what? and I was like oh no here we go here um, we go and you're just like I'm sorry <laughs> no I was I'm sorry, sorry please um, you were like we're opening a shop in Leeds and mm. I just remember just like in my head I was like oh that's brilliant but in my head I was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank god you know yeah. sorry um, for being so dramatic about no, it no it's fine yeah. I like when you're dramatic about it because okay. it makes the payoff even would you better. say that I'm not enough dramatic these days no I think you could do that right level uh, yeah, right, okay. yeah totally Cause I remember as well uh, the, f- the phone went and it was someone um, answered the phone and they were like can I speak to Paul mm. and I was like yeah can I ask what it's about and they were like it's about Leeds 
and mm. I didn't know about Leeds at this point and I didn't even think about it at this point but I remember handing over the phone to you and you were like and I was like yeah someone about Leeds and your face just went shot white because you didn't you hadn't told anyone at this yeah. point I don't mm. think um, and then I think it was later that day you, you, mm. you sat me down undressed me and told me about Leeds <laughs> mm. okay bold step mm. bold step mm. It's a shame I don't remember that, Adam. That, no, no. Uh, <laughs> it was I'll, obviously I'll, a big moment for you. I'll never forget it. <laughs> aye, cool. Aye. All right, okay. Yeah. Um, good, good. And so it's good fun. Aye, it good. was. Thanks um, for coming on. Yeah, Just thank so. you very much. Yeah. And thank you all for listening, watching. Mm. Uh, and we'll see you for any Any questions about uh, my journey? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> keep them to yourself. Yeah, and we'll see you for episode 34. Yes. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.